Hello, old friend. Oh, hello, Matthew. I'm so hot. I'm so hot. I don't know if I could do this podcast. I'm so hot. It is summer, 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 summer time. I, I don't think I'm allowed to sing Will Smith songs anymore. But it's very warm. Can't have a fan on because we're podcasting, can I? Can't yeah. have the window open because there'll bloody be a, a siren or something. Or... Well, they'll bloody be bees, won't they? They'll be coming in looking for your honey, Tom. Oh, bloody Can't be bees. <laughs> bloody be bees. Oh, that's uh, Death Stranding. I've been playing that. Um, oh, really? <laughs> wow. It sounds like you've been playing a lot of video games. Oh, I, you know, I, I dip in uh, to video games like pick and mix me. Ooh. I can't just play one thing. I'm like having an hour on this, an hour on that. And then forgetting how to play them all next time I go back to do you, do you do what I usually do on a pick a mix, where you eat them all with reckless abandon and then go, oh, what have I done to myself? And then Yeah, now I've got too many games on the go and all those different control schemes are blending into one. And then, yeah. uh, you know, you just play Forza. You're going to achieve, like, human <laughs> instrumentality through video games. This is very exciting. It's Tom and Matt Attack. I don't know if that was the inf- intro. You said info then. Intro you had planned, Matthew. But uh, it was not. But yeah. I, I so, liked your enthusiasm because, to be honest with you, I was just going to ramble. <laughs> okay, all right. How are you doing, Tom Parry? Yeah. You all right? It's been a while. Yes. I'm. Uh, other than being hot, as I've already established, I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm all right. Sorry, there hasn't been a podcast, listeners. I'll deal with this up front. It is totally my fault. We had guests, and then. We didn't have guests, but because we'd had guests, I was absolutely knackered, and so I said to Tom Parry, nah, let's give it a miss. You said, you said is, um, I, I'm all talked out, I think. I was all talked out, yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is the thing. It's just getting back into the, the swing of things. There you go. Sometimes Matt stuff. doesn't want to do podcasts because he doesn't want to talk. Well, no, it wasn't so much that. No, it was I just, think I was... that's fine. That's not a criticism. I think it's yeah. absolutely a valid reason. Because you know what you do on podcasts? You talk for an extended amount of time. I don't know if what we do could be considered really talking in the well, broader sense. I mean, make it, making noise about video games would probably be my little line I, in the I think the box. it's very interesting, natural conversation, which, you know, is hard to come by in the podcast world. This is the thing, isn't it? You know, it's two old friends talking about video games and inviting you, the listener. Yeah, this relationship can't be bottled. This no, can't it be. This can't be uh, created in a factory. This has come from <laughs> years this is raw of. Sauce. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yes, this is true. We we have built up quite the rapport. I don't know why I had to say that in that way, but it felt. But that's important, my... isn't it, to establish? Because uh, I think that's. <laughs> what makes this work? I mean, I hope so. That is kind well, of yeah, been the... yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we've been know. doing it what two hundred and seventy odd episodes now. It's maybe more. I don't know. Yeah, you um... realise right that over the over the like two week period we haven't done a podcast was actually the ninth birthday of Tom and Matt Attack. We've almost done this for ten years. Mm. Get 
next year is 10 years. I wonder if, if we can coincide 300 episodes with 10 years. No wonder Matt's fed up with talking. There we well, go. I mean, I, I love talking to you, Tom Parry. Sometimes, you know, I'll ring you up in the dead of night just to hear your whispers. But this is how it goes. Sometimes You've never I don't feel done like that. doing that. Until my... No, I haven't, no. actually. Generally speaking, what he's, happens is... He's not a weirdo. I'll say, hey... I can't be bothered to podcast, or I haven't played any video games, which often happens at the moment. Do you and know, and I'll occasionally say... I have cancelled as well, but it, it is very rare. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> it's mainly me. Sorry, everybody. I'm the disappointment. Yeah. Now, with that out of the way. Exactly. Let's get into it. So, you've been playing video games. You've been going on Galavants. Mm-hmm. I've not really been doing either of those things. So, tell me, Tom Parry. Invite me into the where world do, do you've I... lived. The where whirlwind of pick and mix video games. Where do I start? I'm going to start with our trip to Leon C to visit the Retro Hunter, <gasps> Ali himself, uh, who's Wowzers. been mentioned numerous times. And it was a lovely experience, a lovely man. So great to actually meet him for real, because um, I've heard the legends. Yes. And um, the legends are true. Go to Leon C, visit the Retro Hunter, check out his fantastic shop, and also check out the arcade next door, which we spent a good deal of time in. Yeah. Good. Did you like the logos? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned <laughs> that. Of course, this thing that uh, oh ties everything together is is the fact that uh, did did Ali start listening to our podcast and then did that where the request to do the logos for the two shops came or or was it unrelated and then he listened because the, the the most uh, rewarding thing for me uh, was to actually uh, hear somebody say yes I listened to your podcast I enjoyed it. You know, and, and yeah. this is, it's very nice to have that, uh, recognition sometimes. I mean, sometimes I get that from colleagues as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it, yeah. it does often feel like looking at the podcast numbers and going like, Lord, surprisingly, a lot of people listen to this podcast. But I don't really hear, like we don't hear from our listeners. Like we I think, to be honest, because we're both rubbish at responding to people on social media. But anyways, no, I, I think what happened was. Right, so Ali and I followed each other on Twitter for absolutely ages. Because of a mutual admiration for video games, yeah? Yeah, pretty much. Like, he was going around and going to car boot sales very much at the same time I we'd moved to Denmark and I was kind of doing the same thing. Mm. We started the podcast. He was just going around and finding stuff. Um, Like, that time he infamously got a massive bundle of Super Nintendo games involved, (sighs) such gems as Sunset Riders for absolutely Mm. nothing. Um, yes, he mentioned Sunset yeah. Riders, actually. Yeah, is it? I just remember messaging him and being like, you might want to put that one aside, that one's worth quite a bit of money. Yeah. Um, and yeah, from there, I think he started selling stuff on Facebook and Twitter, from what I remember at first, and then eventually the store opened. And I think I tell you what, w- it's all coming back to me. <laughs> yeah. I think when he was doing this Facebook stuff, he asked me if I could do a logo or I offered to do a logo. Hmm. And yeah, from there I ended up doing the the front of the shop, and then when they opened an arcade, I was asked again very nicely if I wanted to do the logo for that. So I did. I like that logo. I made all the type by hand and everything. It was fun. Beautiful. I've seen it for real, and as you have when you visited uh, not so long ago. I did, but yeah, you didn't get I, to go inside the arcade. Is that right? I did not go no. in the arcade. No, but next time, Tom Parry, when I come to visit you over the summer, we will travel down together. We will go to that arcade, and then maybe we'll also go to some other retro gaming thing. Well, around London. I was chatting with Ali, and he did say, "On you know, the next time, maybe it'll be the both of you." And I said, "Yeah, yeah I'd like that a lot. You know, it'd be great." 
Yeah, for sure. We should yeah. do that. Yeah. Tom might attack life at the retro hunter. Yeah. Oh, we could what record the podcast there. Who knows, Tom? I'm sure <laughs> I don't know. There. Ali, if you're interested in that and us disrupting your business for an hour, let us know. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyways, so you made a trip down there. I was surprised to see your well, pickups. It's more across. It's with more me. across than down. Uh, that is true. Yeah, from your geographic location. Sorry, I've been very specific there. Down is just something people say, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I mean, it, you were on a train. You travelled across a track. I've said. I think I've said before. I've gone down to Crew when Crew is uh, <laughs> obviously in the yeah. north. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thank you, Mr. Pedantic. Sorry. It's all uh, right. But actually, it's interesting that, you know, usually well, weekends we're going out around um, places uh, west of, of London. You know, we like yeah. to get out and, and we see places to the west. You know, we went across London and and to the to the east and uh, to, to the sea. Um, and it was, uh, it was a lovely day. I'll tell yeah. you what, a lovely, beautiful day. And you, you were just... Uh, Going to mention the pickups I made there. Yes, I was. Yeah. It was also a very lovely day when I went there. I was yeah. also viciously hungover, which you know made. Oh yes, even yes. More Ali, did, Ali did say he said I was a little bit more with it than you were last time you were there. Oh, I was completely out of it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So of course, um, yeah, you bought some stuff that yeah, I looked at and I was stuff. like, yeah. you you bought things that I thought you had or would have mm. automatically assumed you had, and then you went, no, I just had a platinum version. I was like, oh. But that's terrible because I'm not someone who tends to do that, but, you know, rebuy a game because I've only got the platinum version of it. But we were talking about a particularly, uh, a game I'm particularly fond of, and that's Dead or Alive 2. Uh, This was a PS2 version of the game. And, uh, yeah, I fancied having the the full artwork as opposed to the uh, platinum cropped artwork. It's fair. Scaled, if I say it's not cross scaled. Um <clears throat> yeah, good game. Um so that was one of the, the pickups I made. Well I was at Ali's store. Uh do you want me to just run through quickly what yeah, I picked go up? For it. I picked up Enduro Racer for the mass system. Um reason being because uh, I played it, enjoyed it on the virtual console. I thought, oh this is a mass system game I know I like. I think I'll add that to my mass system collection. And it was, again, nice. it was reasonably priced, as was Dead or Alive, which was uh, only £4. I was like, you know, as a upgrade to my Platinum copy, you know, more than happy to pay £4. And it was mint, mint condition, uh, yeah. with all the, um, even with the uh, multi-tap leaflet uh, advertising Ooh. the four-player tag team mode. Was Dead or Alive 2 a launch game for PS2? It came out very early. If it wasn't a launch game, it was a, an early an early game. It uh, has the uh, black box and the old uh, rating. You know, the... Uh, yeah. Oh, God, what do you call that? The classification, rating, Yeah, age. I can't I, I can't remember what the thing is, actually. ESRB. It wasn't... It was before Peggy, wasn't it? Yeah, it's before the Peggy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. That's beside the point. I bought Resident Evil 4 for the Wii, which I've never owned. Um, and that was also very cheap. Maybe around £4. I can't remember, about £4 or something. Yeah. Um, another well-priced game there. And uh, oh, I tell you what, though, seeing that blown up on my TV, oh, it was a sight to behold. It wasn't pretty. No. <laughs> I mean, it does not look good on a uh, HD television. Through mm-hmm. plays through the Wii U. Most um, Wii games don't, though, Tom. But like, the, I think there's something particular about Resident Evil 4 is it's so sort of grimy 
and dirty yeah. and brown. And then seeing it on TV scaled up that size, it was um, kind of shocking. Uh, I had to have a look at the HD version. I've got an Xbox 360 afterwards just to, uh, you know, to refresh my palate. But um, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get that because of I wanted to play through it with the Wii controls. And uh, I think that would take a little bit of getting used to, but as I started to play it a bit more, yeah, it's uh, it's an easier, I guess, an easier way to play, easier way to aim, at least. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the next pickup. Um, now, uh, Soul Edge for the PS One. Yep. Not Soul Blade. Soul Edge was the Japanese version of the game. I think the thirteen pounds. I thought it was quite reasonable. I uh, quite like having the Japanese versions of fighting games, uh, if only for the fact you're gonna, you're definitely gonna get it full screen. You're definitely gonna get it um, faster, really faster than the PAL copy. I say definitely. Um, in the case of Tekken Three, I had to get the Japanese version of that. I don't know if um, the PAL version of Soul Blade is particularly. Uh, worse than the Japanese one. However, you know, on the off chance, the Japanese version did run a bit faster. Um, yeah. I, I picked that up. Well, well, I mean, it definitely will, wouldn't it? It's like 50 I, hertz versus 60 hertz. Yeah, yeah. So, But some, some games even are optimised, aren't they, a bit, you know, outside of their original Japanese release. I don't think Tekken 3 was at all. No. But uh, some, some do run at uh, 60 frames per second, depending on, on what they are. I think. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, just just to clarify as well on the Dead or Alive thing. Launch title in Japan, early release everywhere else. Hmm. There are two versions of Dead or Alive 2 in Japan. Yes. Um, there was the original one, and then there was Hardcore, I think. Yep, which also got a Dreamcast release, didn't it? I no, Hardcore didn't, no. Although um, there are two Dreamcast releases. <laughs> Interesting. There, there, there's the basic one, and then which isn't very common. And yeah. then there's the one with some of the upgrades that are found in, I think, the first PS2 one. And then hardcore is again more upgrades on top of those already present. I think you know I could be wrong about that, but basically, if you oh. get the second releases of both games, yeah, uh, you've got the more definitive version. So, reading from Dead or Alive Wiki.fandom. I'll, I'll uh, be correct. It says, on October the 25th, 2000, Temco released a last major update called DOA 2 Hardcore, which was a launch title for the PlayStation 2 in North America. Um, the game was based on the Japanese and second update for Dead or Alive 2 for the Dreamcast. So, mm. essentially, it goes regular DOA, upgraded DOA Dreamcast Hardcore. Yeah, because the PAL version of Dreamcast isn't the upgraded one. I think no. the the power one is sits somewhere between the original release and the. I'm not sure if it's exactly the same as the original release. It might be. Yay! Convoluted regional variants. That's <laughs> what I live for. Yeah. Also, the American cover f is terrible for Dead or Alive Hardcore. It's just the logo. Okay. Whereas um, I th I think other versions have have better covers. One of the Japanese releases has a cardboard slipcase, which is shiny. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> this is. This is becoming a dead or alive podcast, Tom. Sorry. Quick, move on. What else do you buy? What uh, oh, else do you buy? Yeah. I'm looking at my photo. Uh, Silent Scope, because I'd played Silent Scope uh, in the arcade, and I was yeah. like, oh, gosh, that was fun. Of course, I doubt the experience on Xbox is anything like using the um, 
the rifle, the sniper rifle on the arcade machine and, and going looking down the scope and having a little video playing in the uh, scope and yeah, uh, it's a great arcade experience. Anyone who hasn't tried Silent Scope in the arcade, I urge you to to find it now and have a have a go. Um, great fun. You, there is a a gun though that is. Oh no, Ali explained. Yeah. yeah, Ali explained that he did have the gun somewhere in the back. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. But I wasn't going to ask him to start rooting around trying to find that because I've seen the back. Yeah, I saw know. the back as well. Yeah, he said, "Well, I, I I can't show Matt the back and not show yeah. you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of stuff there. Anyway, there I didn't root through it all. I thought I probably spent enough uh, because the last enough. purchase I made was the most expensive purchase. Drum roll. And, and that was Zombie Revenge for the Dreamcast. Is that just not House of the Dead? Well, it's thing? a spin off of House of the Dead. It's, um, I guess you could call it a beat em up. Right. Uh, but with guns and we- other weapons. And it retains the House of the Dead, uh, what do you say, aesthetic, shall I say, in terms of the uh, storyline and the uh, voice acting and the outlandish nature of the House of the Dead games. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's. I was playing um, with a friend who was staying with us at the time, and she happened to say she thought it looked really good for an old game. I asked yeah. this, but it's not the best Dreamcast game. It's not the best looking Dreamcast game. However, it's incredibly enjoyable. And I was actually thinking, how have I not played this? How have I been a Dreamcast fan for all this time and enjoyed the majority of the library of games there and not played Zombie Revenge? Yeah. I urge anyone, again, like I was saying with Science Gate, if you haven't played Zombie Revenge and you're a Dreamcast fan, uh, either you know play it, play it by whatever means you can, or, or track down a copy. It's well worth adding to your Dreamcast collection. See, this is a game, right, that I have I have seen in the past, and, you know, as much as I can regret not buying things like Skies of Arcadia that I actually knew would be worth something one day and whatever, I've completely looked over this game yeah. any time. Never I've look over it. Never look over Zombie Revenge. Don't leave it in the corner. I won't stomp Harry next time I see Zombie Revenge. It will come with me. So um, it's a power copy as well. I, I, I've always thought it would be out of my price range, uh, the power copy of the game. Yeah. But, um, so I'd, I'd sort of resign myself. If I was ever going to get a copy of it, I would get the Japanese copy. Yeah. Um, but I felt this was very reasonable. Um, and, and yeah, I picked it up. Fair enough. Nice. Yeah. No, I uh, think everything. Yeah. I may add that Silent Scope was Silent Scope complete for the Xbox. Right. Not the Dreamcast okay. Silent Scope, which I don't know. I think that might be better. I think you can use the mouse on the Dreamcast Silent Scope. I know, but I mean, you can use the sniper rifle on the Xbox one time. Yeah. You need to get yeah. a sniper rifle. I though. need to get a sniper rifle. Maybe we'll see if um, Ali can root that out if he's not already sold it next week. <laughs> hey, let's see how it goes. Um... I when you were on the one in the wonderful heart of Leon C, I was with the aforementioned guests and we were going around secondhand shops because they were visiting us from Spain and secondhand shops just aren't really a thing there. Like I've been to large flea markets with them in Spain, but they, like me, love rooting through old crap. And so we went to this place, 
And it's just one of the indoor flea market things that we have around here where you rent a stall and people put stuff on it. I was walking around, doing my usual round, going, oh, there's not really anything here for me. Oh, woe is me. Like, video game collecting is dead. Rah, rah, rah. Um, and then I happened to just see a bag full of Japanese PSP and DS games on a shelf. I was just like, Japanese games! I was just like, yes, they are. Um, I I had been drawn immediately by the look of kanji and katakana, and then I could see that there were some larger like box setty things in there. And then I quickly read the katakana and was like, oh! Isn't that delightful? Um, so I managed to pick up for about 30 quid a a very, very good bundle of games um, that contained the a collection of the Rockman games for the PSP. So, oh God, what were they called when they came over here? There's like one like chibi Mega Man game. Oh, uh, Power, a Mega Powered Man Up. Spin-off. Powered Up. Powered Up. Yeah, and Maverick Hunters, you. is it? Yes, and Maverick Hunters. Mm. Look at you. You were working in games retail at the time, weren't you? That's mm. how you were able to pull them. Well, I, I have um, one of them. <laughs> yeah. I think you've probably got Powered Up, because from what I remember, that's a platformer. I think I've got, actually, Maverick Hunters, but I've got Powered Up as a, uh, a digital. Yeah. Or maybe it's the opposite way around. It's one of the, the two. Could be the opposite way around. Yeah. Okay. Um. Also in this bag was a Japanese copy of Castlevania the Dracula X Chronicles, which, if you remember, I've bemoaned on this podcast of me going, why didn't I pick that up? Because it's I bought it on release, great. didn't I? Did, have Did I said read? that story before? Yeah, I, I yeah, bought I think, it actually, yeah. on its release, which surprised me. Yeah, I did. Because also I've not been a me. huge fan of Castlevania. I think I played three on the um, NES because I had that. I still yeah. have that. And I had that at a very reasonable price. Not to gloat yeah. or anything, but... Uh, I mean, to be I, fair... I, I was shocked at how that sort of skyrocketed. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the Japanese copy's no slouch either. I think people mm. who haven't been able to get the the PAL or the US version have been subsequently going for the Japanese one, and that's now gone up in price as a result. So I was pretty happy with those two. Mm. To have that bundle of the Mega Man games and that, but then in addition to that, there was a Dynasty Warriors game in there, which I, I can take or leave. Um, there was uh, Distia Final Fantasy, the the fighting game for the PSP. Uh, Space Invaders Extreme, which I will talk a lot more about in a bit, because it's probably the only thing I've played since I picked it up. Hmm. Um, a Japanese copy of the Mega Man Zero collection, so all of the Game Boy Advance games on one cartridge. A kanji to English dictionary, which is really cool. You use the touchscreen on the DS to draw a kanji, and then it gives you the English translation of the kanji, mm. which I thought mm. was pretty nifty. Um, and yeah, also a Japanese copy of New Super Mario Brothers. And then as we were driving home, we saw a little flea market by the roadside. Our guests wanted to stop, and then I picked up a copy of New Super Mario Brothers DS in PAL, because believe it or not, I don't have a box copy. And a copy of Warrior West Smooth Moves for the Wii for a wonderful 10 krona each. So I was like, yes, please. All in all, good haul. I enjoyed it. Um, mm. And as I mentioned, I've been playing a lot of Space Invaders Extreme since mm. this. Um, it's great. Official- so that was the PSP game or the DS? It was the PSP version, yeah. mm-hmm. not the DS version. I know mm-hmm. that there are the two. I 
I distinctly remember not really liking the DS version because you have to play it across the two screens. Ah, yes. Well, of course, there's two, isn't there, as well? There's a Space Invaders yeah, Extreme 2. You're right, you're uh, right, you're right. So I have the first one on the PSP, the second one on the DS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the second one is better from what I remember okay. on the DS. It's got the white I... cover, the second with the, the red Space Invader on, whereas the first cool. is black. I mean, as far as yeah. PAL copies go, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But um, I actually, weirdly enough, as luck would have it, I fished out my PSP, which I was very relieved to see still worked. I thought it was going to be one of those instances where I pulled it out of the drawer and it was going to have an inflated battery or something. You know what? I was also heard those horror stories. and I, I did the same, but yeah, my battery looked no different than it did the day I got it. So Yeah, I plugged it in. It worked. I, yeah. To be fair, I do have a backup PSP because once, a couple, well, a couple of hundred podcasts ago, I guess, at this point, I did see a PSP with a load of stuff for like a hundred kroner somewhere, and I just grabbed it because even then, like two or three years ago, people were like, "Oh, batteries are expanding." I was like, "Well, maybe I should get a spare one just in case." So, what have you got? The um, original, the what, two thousand or the three thousand? I think I've definitely mine is an original because I bought it secondhand. Hmm. I think the second one I picked up is an original. As oh no, the the one I picked up is a two thousand. I think mm. the second yeah. the one I got in the charity. The lighter shop. one, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, the exactly. three thousands, I think, got a better screen. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I, I think that's how the lineage breaks down. I've always wanted a PSP Go, but I never find one. And to be honest, it's kind of pointless, anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you can load ROMs and stuff on it, but like, yeah, it's a cool looking thing, but yeah, uh, I, I don't think I get much practical use out of it no exactly it would just be a curio to go on a shelf mm. and to be honest with you i've got enough of those so i didn't get it um yeah so i i played a bit of space Invaders extreme i was like oh i remember liking this game and then i played it a lot more over the weekend i was actually playing a bit today before the podcast just to refresh my memory um on the switch because the library had a copy of Space Invaders Forever in, which contains not only Space Invaders Extreme, but a multiplayer game that, if memory serves, is called Space Invaders Enhanced G4 or something along those lines, which is mm. like multiplayer big four-player Space Invaders with a really long screen. Yeah. And also it included uh, Space Invaders vs. Arkanoid, which I'd never played. Mm. Um. I'll talk about that one first, because we, we've both played Space Invaders Extreme. I can get into the ins and outs of that if we need to. But Arkanoid vs. Space Invaders is essentially a game that threw me for a loop, because I put it on the TV, and then a little notice came up saying about, like, this game plays vertically. I was like, what? Oh, no. And then I thought, oh, great, I can use the flip grip. I can get that out. I can put it in. I can finally have something to use the flip grip again. I know where it is, like, because mm. it's been in the box next to my next to the door in my spare room for a long time because I haven't really used it a lot. Ran up there, grabbed it, plugged it in, and then realised that Arkanoid vs. Space Invaders is a touchscreen game, uh, which confused me at first because I was pressing all the buttons. I was like, Is the, are the Joy-Cons not synced? And then I was like... That's oh, very unusual, isn't it? I think, and I'm going to just double-check this. Was it a phone it game? a mobile port, mm. yeah. Um, it, It's pretty enjoyable, though, all things considered. Like... I, I cannot remember the last time I used the touchscreen on the Switch, if I'm totally honest with you, because I tend to play it docked these days if I play it at all, and so I generally use the Joy-Cons. But I I played a bit of Space Invaders vs. Arkanoid, um, and I have to say I quite enjoyed it. 
Mm. It's essentially the the concept is, as you can imagine, the two games mashed together. So you're using the touchscreen to hold your hand or finger over the Arkanoid paddle and Space Invaders are firing down upon you. Mm. There was something mentioned in the tutorial about not letting the shots pass you, much in, obviously, Arkanoid, you're not trying to let the ball drop. Mm. But I think the aim of the game, as far as I could figure out from the first 15 levels, which is what I played, is that you are going against a time limit. You have a total amount of space invaders you need to kill in that time limit. And then, obviously, it's about you either bouncing the ball, the the shots off the side, Uh or you can do, like, a little swipe motion up if you're under them to, like, fire a space invaders beam directly back up at the the space invaders, which is kind of cool. I think it sounds really good. Can yeah, I try it, it? it is. It is not bad. I assume it is available on all mobile phone stores, mm-hmm. and I will just check that now. Um, it's Arkanoid versus Space Invaders, by the way, not Space Invaders versus Arkanoid. Oh no, not Space Invaders cross Arkanoid. Yeah. Um. It, it. So the Wikipedia says Arkanoid versus Space Invaders is a paid mobile game developed by Taito and published Taito in Japan and Square Enix worldwide. Well, they have to point out it's paid because a lot of things are free to play nowadays. Yes, yes, they Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, generally speaking, it seemed okay. Um, It was about getting medals. It was actually released in 2017. Wow. Mm. And it's still available on on mobile stores, is it? I can't see, Tom, because believe it or not, no one has updated Arkanoid vs. Space Invaders for a long time. Should I check on the... Oh, actually, um, it says it got re-released on Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 as part of Space Invaders Invincible and Space Invaders Forever. I wonder how that plays with the controller. I imagine it would be needlessly awkward. Weird. Very, very strange. I don't even know if this got an iOS release either from the looks thing. Oh, no, it does say Android iOS. Hopefully it is, because I've been seeing a lot of reports on Twitter over the past days of indie devs getting their games taken down because they haven't updated them in two years. So How do you spell Arkanoid? Oh, yeah, found it. Yeah, is it there? Uh, it's five ninety nine. yeah. It, it seems pretty enjoyable. I, I would say it's worth a fiver. Like... It's uh, 4.7 out of five stars it's good i mean it's got uh, yeah. high quality production values it's Absolutely. got a story but it's just over five thousand downloads yeah i feel like i i definitely had space invaders on an older phone and i would often play it on the toilet yeah i mean i i like playing space invaders <laughs> on the game boy um it, Space Invaders is alright, yeah. I, I played Space Invaders Extreme quite a bit more than I thought I would. Well, yeah, yeah I, that makes it a bit more exciting. I'd say yeah. I, I prefer Gallagher, you know. I mean, space. I if do we're, too. If we're comparing, but... Uh... If, I mean, if we're going to get into that, then yes, obviously. I mean, Gallagher <laughs> came later. Space Invaders made Gallagher. Without Space sure. Invaders, there would sure. be no Gallagher. But I, I think Space Invaders Extreme... I. I was playing it, and I remembered playing it, and I don't know if it's just because of all the stuff that was going on at the time, or if it's just because I'm misremembering because there's been too many bloody video games released. Um, but I was absolutely convinced that it was a Tetsuo Misuguchi game for some reason. 
because of all the visuals and stuff when I was playing it on the Switch. Res. Like, this is so mm. reminiscent of how the levels work to Res. This is so... Mm. The visuals remind me so much of Luminous and nay, even Tetris Effect that I was like, this must be a Musigichi game. Mm. And then I read that, actually, no, it was developed by Taito and then when it was ported to the Xbox Live version at some point, Jeff Minter um, of such games as Tempest created all of the backgrounds. And so I was just like, oh, this is this is really cool that this is somewhere kind of in between like a an East slash meets West thing mm. with like how these games have clearly inspired one another and how it, through things like Luminous being released, I think, and then inspiring Jeff Minter to do all the crazy visual shit that he usually does has made this a really cool experience. I quite like it. And I, hmm. I'm i absolutely garbage at it because I think I'm just getting old and I think there's so much stuff going on on screen. Hmm. That much like I said on the DS, like I, had a, I distinctly remember even then, the fact that there were two screens that I had to keep an eye on felt like I was playing a game of tennis, watching a game of tennis while trying to play a video game. But on, on a console screen, not either in handheld or docked I really enjoy playing it on the Switch and I really recommend picking up a copy of Space Invaders Forever if you can get that or then maybe going back and buying one of the copies of Space Invaders Extreme on the PSP or the DS I, I yeah, think, I think it's always been quite a highly regarded game both Space Invaders Extreme games I, I, I would say um, I remember at the time when I was getting it for PSP I was like oh yeah well this is meant to be really good and I, I wasn't disappointed had a great time with that game. I think that they add some quite a lot of stuff into the sequel. So probably the sequel might be the better one to get. But it's still a very solid, enjoyable game. I also feel like I've got it on the uh, PS3 as well. You might have. There was some sort of Space Invaders game on the PS3 that I have. It was some sort of ties to Extreme. I think it is Extreme. I'm sure... The uh, Space Invaders Infinity Gene. Oh, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. Because <laughs> they they were remaking them at the time. I think there was a uh, a few um, remakes. There's a Gallagher. One. I know Gallagher's um, different developer, but um, no, this is all. This is all part. Yeah, this is the why it's all getting amalgamated in my brain because it was the Pac Man game, wasn't there, that started all this? Oh, the wonderful game, uh, Pac Man. Um, Oh gosh, why can't I remember what it is? I can't now? remember what it's bloody called either. Tournament? No. Oh gosh, you look it up, Matt. You've got a computer. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking. I'm looking. Um, it wasn't Championship Edition, was it? It's something to do with Tran- DX. It's Pac-Man DX, isn't it? It is Pac-Man DX. Yeah, okay. you're right. Oof. And there's a couple. There's a few of them actually, isn't there? At least a couple. There is. I mean, there was such, yeah, it's Championship, Pac-Man Championship Edition DX is the full name of the game. Yeah. It, it's such a weird thing. Like, I was thinking about it when I was playing... Reinventing Extreme. those games. Yeah, but also, like, have you ever played um, the Retro Gaming Challenge games? No, I've never played that, no. Is that for the DS? It's for the DS, yeah. yeah. I, I believe it's pretty pricey now, but I, mm. I lucked out and someone at work, I just put like a message on like an internal notice board and said like, hey, has anyone got old Nintendo stuff they want to sell? And some guy had some DS, um, some GBA stuff, and he was like, oh, I've also got these DS games if you want them. And I was like, well, I kind of, I don't really want to buy 
DS stuff. And he's like, oh, well, if you don't want I'm literally going to throw them out. So take it. So I did. That was the and thing to of, say, wasn't it? Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> one of those was Retro Gaming Challenge, which, mm. or Retro Game Challenge, sorry. Only released in the US, or did it have a PAL release? The or? It got released It's a Japanese the, and US and... Yeah, it's Japanese and US for the first mm. one, and then there's a second one that only got released in Japan. And it's ah. a it's a spin-off, or well, based on um, Japan Center CX, if you've seen that. No. She's like no. a really long running Japanese show. You should check it out. Um Shin I'm read his name. Uh Shinya Arino is the name of the guy. You will recognise him. He essentially is a guy who is on Japanese TV. He's been a long standing like games critic who plays old video games on television and talks about the importance of video games. And also then sometimes he used to get developers on. I think he still does that. I think it still exists, where he would talk to the people who made the games while playing the games with them. It's mm. pretty cool. There's lots of it on YouTube that's got subtitles. But I think as part of that show, they would do like small competition things with people playing the games. And what Retro Game Challenge is, is it's a... WarioWare style is the wrong way to describe yeah. it, but it's just like small I know what snippets you mean, of I've games where you're just like, you've got 30 seconds to yeah. shoot as many Space Invaders as you possibly can. Like, it's small challenges based around these games, kind of deconstructing classic style games well it sort of reminds me of the nintendo um what's it called the one that was released on the switch and yes it is absolutely that game what is that called (laughs) what was it called oh my god what's without memories today tom not mega mix or something like no it's not i i know it might be the nintendo mega mix no it? it can't be mega mix um yeah Gosh, is it, it's like listening to two old men trying to remember. I know. <laughs> Back in my day, we had Space Invaders. Um, anyways. We're talking yeah. about DS games. We are talking um, about DS games or PSP games. but it's, Nintendo it's mini game compilation. Would you say that's an accurate description? Yeah. It was on the it was on the Wii, wasn't it? Wii U. And it was NES. Did it have NES in the name? Oh, it was NES Remix. There you go. Uh, as soon as you said NES, I remembered it. Yeah. Yeah. NES, Re- NES Remix. One and two I've got on the Switch, I think. Is it, is it, is it on the Switch as well? I didn't oh, know Oh, not the that. Switch. I meant the, the Wii U. I meant the Wii U. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't think I ever bought that. I've got the I've got the 3DS version. Oh, man. I should, I'm should. i going to have to go buy that now, aren't I? Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Space Invaders Extreme, wonderful game. We've also wow. mentioned several other wonderful games. That's, God, that's I wish really I'd impressive that you managed to talk about Space Invaders for that long. It's Such a simple really game. Good. It's and, really uh, good. Yeah. What else have you been buying and playing, Tom? Because this podcast is going to drag on for seven well, hours. But before we move on, I want to just briefly jump back to my experience of uh, Neon Knights Arcade over in uh, Leon C here. And. Um, I've already said how much I enjoy Silent Scope. I also enjoyed another gun game while I was there, and that was Point Blank. And oh, I, man, I, I don't think I'd blank. ever played Point Blank at the arcade before. Oh, really? Uh, no, I, I think I've only played it on PS1. So it was incredibly satisfying to, to play at the arcade, especially with the recoil Yeah. Uh, on the guns. That, that really makes it the clattering of the uh, gun on that mm-hmm. game is, is incredibly satisfying. Um, I'm happy that I actually have got a, um, a light gun with recoil. For I think I've got it for for PlayStation. 
So yeah, uh, I'm going to have to. Yeah, I'm going to have to whip out my copy of uh, Point Blank and uh, have, have a bash on that next time I can. Uh, but that was probably the game I enjoyed most of all there. I love Point Blank. I have such fond childhood memories of going to caravan parks in West Wales yeah. around Tembe and playing Point yeah. Blank yeah. and Time Crisis. Oh, such a good game. It's it's just a robust game, isn't it? It's like mm-hmm. there's so much variety in it, and it's just it's a simple concept, but um, yeah, it's so well done, and there's a good uh, competitive um, element to it as well. Yeah, uh, so great fun playing that. Got to play Outrun two, play Street Fighter two in the arcade. I mean, I, I've done that before, but uh, virtual tennis in the arcade was. Oh wow! I've never was done, was I've never uh, played, virtual tennis. played that with uh, Claire, and we had a lovely time playing virtual tennis. And of course, there was a lot of classic arcade machines there, uh, but also um, pinball machines. So I had a little bit of a yeah. bash on uh, Indiana Jones, quite a modern. Uh, machine yeah and then uh one that was uh based around fishing okay uh, i think it's a williams pinball machine right i'm sorry i can't remember the name of it but uh yeah both really enjoy but it's not often you know you find a pinball machine in the wild <laughs> we've we've got pinball machines at work now oh, you have have so, you got an, yeah. an indiana jones one there haven't you no we have that gone yeah, it's gone now, uh, unfortunately. Was that like, someone's the, personal machine yeah, that so they what, brought in? So what was happening for a long while is someone, like, we we have a thing where there's a workshop where you can make stuff, and one of the guys who runs the workshop re- renovates pinball machines in his spare time, essentially. And mm. so I've got to play a load of really old-school, classic, like, 90s, 80s pinball machines there. There was an Adams Family machine there recently, mm. and I played mm. it to fucking death. I love that pinball machine. Um, but now, because we, we've got this thing where you can go in and bring your family and whatever, they've actually put some pinball machines there, and they've got some Jersey Jack ones. Okay, so I'm not got, familiar with them. Uh, Jersey Jack are much like Williams. They are one of the the modern pinball machine designers. They make small batch, limited run pinball machines, and they're all numbered. They tend to do more stuff around licenses, from what I've seen. But they do like have... Kiss. Well, actually, no. The machine I've been playing the most <laughs> by them is Guns and Roses. Okay. Which is, you know, I I could take or leave Guns and Roses. And it plays the music. I it does play the music, and like the whole idea of the game is, you are trying to flip certain switches and whatever, because at certain points you recruit the drummer, the guitarist. Oh right. Yeah. And do all these small things but it it it's surprisingly good i mm. i'm not an app i'm not like oh my god i absolutely love guns and roses like i'm a die i'm not a diehard guns and roses fan by any stretch i like their music but i'm not like i don't fall over myself when mm. anyone's like oh guns and roses but the pinball machine's great um and you you have things where you get to like play songs and it's all random, so it could it could be you could be mine, or it could be Paradise City, or whatever it is. Um, and then, essentially, while you're playing the song, because the game wants you to listen to the song as kind of a reward, you've got to build up to it. You can't really die, so you can amplify your score, which is nice because those mm. machines are only on one ball play, which is a bit of a nightmare. Mm. They got a Turtles machine as well, which is good, but actually, I prefer the Guns and Roses machine to the Turtles one. Yeah, it's usually, despite um, maybe your love for a certain, 
would I say, cartoon or band or whatever. It, it always comes down to uh, what's most fun, uh, which pinball game machines are most fun to play, isn't it? Even if, yeah. you know, uh, that's, I guess that's the nature of it. Yeah, that's games a, in general. I've I've started to play enough now though that I I think that there are you know like I never used to be able to tell a discernible difference between a pinball machine. I would always feel half done by when I played pinball versus an arcade game because sometimes the ball would just run down the middle of the ramp and I'm like, what was I supposed to do about that? But I've noticed actually like between the turtles machine and the Guns and Roses machine that the paddles on the Turtles machine seem to be further apart. Whereas on the Guns mm. N' Roses ones, if you flip at the right time, you can kind of catch the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the Turtles ones, you definitely can't do that. You just go right through the middle. Yeah. So, yeah. so they are very different. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know much about um, pinball machines, but I think it would be a fascinating thing to uh, learn about and uh, any opportunity to have a go on more machines is well worth it. I mean, I've played a few at various retro events in the UK, Um going back a bit what's the play expo you know had yeah. quite a variety of pinball machines last time i was there well worth going to those events if you can there's a lot of these um companies which which you know facilitate these events isn't there uh, who have um, a multitude of arcade machines and pinball machines uh, it's a great place to go but you can always go to Leon C and check out those two machines that Ali's got there. Um, but yeah, in general, just had a great time. Play Crazy Taxi uh, as well. Oh my God, uh, Crazy Taxi. Yeah, which was okay as a stand-up thing. Uh, it wasn't a sit-down yeah. one. Um, but I, I struggled with um, Sega Rally and Daytona as a stand-up thing because I found it difficult to use the brake. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Crazy Taxi, uh, you know, because... <laughs> You don't have to break that much. Only when you're stopping to pick up a passenger or yeah. stop to drop them off, you know. I'm not sure I've ever played a, a sit-down crazy taxi machine. There must be. It must exist. Must there, they are some, definitely. Mm. Like, I've seen them, but I don't think I've ever played one. I always think I've played it standing up. Yeah. I remember at Alton Towers, finding the 18-wheeler machine. Yeah. I can't remember sit-down or stand-up, but actually just seeing 18-wheeler in the arcade was quite a cool experience. Yeah, I just, anytime I think of Crazy Taxi, I just think of the offspring immediately. Yeah, well, that's blaring out, isn't it? You can't, you know, go yeah, past yeah, that machine yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> without being instantly drawn to it. Uh, it's it's one of them classics, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we've just been talking a little bit about Aerosmith. We talked about offspring. Why not talk, take the opportunity to talk about another band? Why not, why Guns not? and Roses, by the way, not Aerosmith. Oh, okay, that is what... That, <laughs> Music the is the I revolution, Aerosmith Tom. But... It's because I'm going to just uh, segue into uh, the Aerosmith oh, game for the PS1. V-Pick. Yeah, so I had to mention this because we, we, we teased we were going to talk about it. So recently, if you listen to a couple of episodes ago because um, we actually forgot to talk about it last episode. We did, yeah, which is how uh, underwhelmed I you were by it. I promised I was going to uh, tell you about uh, this uh, Aerosmith game uh, for the PS1, which was played with a very unique uh, controller. This controller's called the V-Pick, and uh, for those who haven't listened previously or need a reminder, the V-Pick is uh, like a plectrum, like an oversized plectrum that's meant to... Mm, recognize when you strum it basically so yeah. so what the Aerosmith game is is this relatively simple rhythm game um where you need to strum in time with the, the song and there's a visual yeah. um cue on the screen 
Uh, now it's it's hard to do. It's hard for the game to register your uh, strumming. You really do have to give it some welly. Yeah. Um, to the point where it, it's immensely frustrating, even on the easiest difficulty, to do so. And you will, like I did, just go back to pressing the uh, L R one button or whatever it is. What shoulder button you press to uh, strum? Yeah. And then you know all there is to it's a very simple rhythm game. Just you know press a button in time with the music type thing, and it can get very difficult as well. It's no Parappa the Rapper. Uh, no. <laughs> it's no Guitar I'm... Hero. And the controller is fundamentally broken because you you do yourself real wrist damage just playing for just as soon as you start playing you you feel it. So it's 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 pointless. Don't bother. You know if you see this like like I didn't think. Gosh, this is a really unique controller. I shall definitely pick this up. Uh, I like rhythm games. Uh, the controller itself does not add to the experience anyway. I'm. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that because I I saw great things for the V pick. I mean, mm. to be honest, like if if I really think about it, there's a reason it probably stayed in Japan if it's as difficult mm. as you were describing. Mm. But I cannot but notice Tom Parry that while yes, you are going like oh yeah, this Aerosmith game's okay. Um, you've not talked about Stolen Som V Tom. Well, Yasu that's not worth talking about. <laughs> um, because. I think this is actually, um, this happens with game controllers. I think um, it happened with the Tony Hawk's ride board where it was pretty broken in yeah. the first ride game, but somehow they managed in the second ride game to optimise the controller, optimise the game to work with the controller better. And it was, it was a more enjoyable game there. It's a similar story with this. I assume Stolen Song was released prior to um, Aerosmith. I could be wrong. Maybe it's just because they were developed... I think they're developed by the same developers because the games yeah. are pretty much interchangeable in terms of how they look and how they have FMV sequences. And You've kind such. of got to assume that it would be uh, Stolen Song first, right? Like, I, I, I would think so because... I, I've already mentioned that it's a bit of a strain on the wrist playing Aerosmith, uh, whatever it's called. I can't even remember its name now. Um, but Stone Song, uh, which features a very famous Japanese guitarist, uh, <laughs> I can't remember the name of, uh, which we actually featured in the thumbnail. For, for it, it's uh, uh, Tomoyasu Hotei. Yes, think. yes. Yeah. He's, he's, he's famous <laughs> in Japan. Uh, but yeah, um, the game, yeah, it hurts more to play than Aerosmith hurts to play. So I mean, it's, it's, it's quite literally a painful experience, and I, I wouldn't think, wish it upon anybody. I don't think Aerosmith's quest for fame um, is, is probably any less painful, surely, than now, playing Revolution X. Didn't we discuss Quest for Fame was released on the PC? It was indeed, yeah, which is why and I'm trying to... With the controller, because I'm pretty sure the V-Pick is American-made. Yeah, I don't think the V-Pick came out on the PC. I think you actually play Aerosmith Quest for Fame on the PC with Mm. a keyboard. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I can see it working all right with a keyboard. Because... (laughs) Yeah, maybe they were just like, actually, you know what? This is much more... No, actually, there is a PC version of the V-Pick, Tom Parry. Oh, dear. It's a stupid PC gadget, isn't it? It is. That's why. Oh, now it all makes sense. Oh my god, I need to own this. (laughs) 
I mean, to be fair, there could be some sort of issues with, with lag that I'm yeah. experiencing, but I don't... You know, even if there was issues with lag that make the game difficult, the, the actual action of strumming is the real problem there. Uh, I, think I don't have much else to say about it, really. Ickle uh, German releases Rockbuster Quest for playing... Quest for Fame, play your gigs. If you've got an old PC or a, a PlayStation capable of playing Japanese games, then I, I really can't recommend it. Tom, I think that I think there are more games. Oh dear. I think they even I yeah. Oh man. Okay, I'm gonna go down a VPIC rabbit hole um, and stop myself. It's interesting how the game advertises that you may want to hold a tennis racket while you strum, just to make you feel more like you're holding a guitar. I, I tried it with that. a frying pan. Because I don't have a tennis racket. Uh, frying pan, there was a lot of clinking and clanging going on uh, yeah. with, with this holding this frying pan. I hope um, you didn't scrape off your Teflon surface. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I held it the other way around. Good. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> there you go. So th- that's that. I want to draw a line under that now, and we'll never talk about it again. And those <laughs> games will sit on my shelf, and my VPIC will, and... Uh, be a constant reminder of forty pounds wasted. I'm sorry, Tom. I'm sorry, but I'm glad that you did it for science. There's a there's an Aerosmith quest for game arcade game. A quest for game. You there's mean quest fame. for fame arcade game. <laughs> it is a real quest to find a game in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, yeah. This came out in the arcade in Japan, Tom. It's also got like a Guitar Hero looking controls, so it's definitely got the flippery bit. Oh, right, so it was fine. I I imagine with a Guitar Hero guitar, this game would be okay. (laughs) But it's it's made like proto-Guitar Hero, though. Guitar Hero's much better than this game. Oh, no, absolutely. But, I mean, like, this game, like, the the guitar looks like the Guitar Hero one, minus the buttons. Like, you're not playing the thing. You're just... There's a waggly bit that's clearly there. There's also a drum as part of the arcade machine. So, yeah. Wasn't there another sort of arcade-based uh, guitar game that came before Guitar Hero? Yes, there that's is. That's popular in Japan. Oh, God. It's... I've forgotten the name of it. I've played that. They used to have that in the nightclub. Yeah, um, I've seen where that all the about. Where music was. Yeah. Um, I, well, with, is it Konami? I feel it, it could have been. It is a Konami game, yeah. Konami, yeah. Um, Segway. <laughs> Another oh, it's not even guitar a Konami freaks. game. No, oh, guitar it's, freaks. It is it's yeah. guitar freaks, and there's also drum mania. Yeah. Anyway, segue, Tom. I know I, I I totally messed up that segue. I was going to talk about Death Stranding, and I realised it wasn't Konami game. It isn't. No, that's a very <laughs> sensitive topic, Tom Parry. It is, isn't it? Hideo Kojima. Um, I'm sorry. No, no longer, Kojima. no longer part of Konami. Not also part of PlayStation either. Despite that very misleading thumbnail, if you saw that going around Twitter. All right. Um, no. There was a yeah. there was like a PlayStation Originals thing on Twitter, and Death Stranding was a part of it. And people were like, "Oh my God, has Konami signed?" Um, Konami, shit, I'm doing it now. Yeah. Has has Sony signed Hideo Kojima? Like, oh, is he now exclusive? And he was like, "No, uh, they just funded Death Stranding. I'm still an independent studio." And they had to get out and make it a whole thing. Right. So, well, all I'm yeah. going to say about Death Stranding is I'm glad I went back 
two I had quite a frustrating experience relatively early on in the game with the eight hour mark or whatever and I couldn't find the chiral printer um yeah. well I just came fresh to it the other day and did it no problem so um I think part of the uh, difficulty of that game is understanding the maps the menus and uh there's a lot to take in. I'm sure if you yeah. went at it and you just stuck with that one game and you knew that game inside out, uh, you'd have a better time. I, I do the stupid thing of coming back to it every few months and trying to play it, yeah. uh, which is <laughs> a ridiculous thing to try and attempt. But anyway, I was just reminded, actually, despite me thinking it was uh, a little self-indulgent and not actually that much fun, I actually... <laughs> got swerved on that um it's a satisfying game it's a unique vision i applaud hideo kojima <laughs> for actually uh doing something that far out that yeah. it does deliver a very different experience that he's really managed to turn that struggle one of the game's about a struggle isn't it it's about yeah um into a very successful gaming experience after you've been struggling delivering things in that game and you've maybe been attacked by the bts and you're covered in grime and dirt and all i could think about was getting back to base and having a shower yeah you know it yeah it's really stunning how it makes you feel the struggle of uh, sam porter bridges uh, in this yes. uh, story and um gameplay it's just so integral to that. It doesn't feel like any other game I've played, at least. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it's a very important and uh, can be incredibly satisfying. I, I just think it could be a little bit more user-friendly than, yes, than, than it is. I, I mean, it, it definitely takes design over function there. And it's beautiful. I, the menus, you know, it's very beautiful to look at and everything yeah. but it's it's could be a little bit more um um how would you say user friendly i have honestly been thinking about going back and playing death stranding mm. I, I, yeah. I don't know why because like when i think of that game it leaves a bit of a sour taste in my mouth mm-hmm. and i i don't think the ending is very well realized i think that some of the stuff that you were talking about that I really enjoyed about the early game, the struggle about going from point A to point B, mm. is kind of alleviated a bit too much once you get to a certain point in the game because all of the world that's been built by other players suddenly shows up and I'm like, oh, I can just drive along the highway. I don't have to deal with BTs. Which, to be fair, at that point of the game, I was like, right, I just want to be over with this now. I've played this for 50 hours. Thank God there's a road to you. But at the same time, it does remove a lot of the tension from the game. And when you're just going from point A to point B without that struggle, it kind of cheapens the story a little bit. It's kind mm. of, you know... Well, that's the main thing about the game yeah. that makes it stand out as being different, isn't it? That that, that gameplay, the struggle. And, uh, yeah, I feel like it's funny. The ge- my struggle with the game itself, there's a parallel to the actual game there. The game is... Yeah. And I struggle with the game sometimes, but then I manage to um, pull it off, you know. Yeah. And that's the whole ethos of the design of the game. It, it, it's a very, yeah. The game is running up a hill with too much shit on your back and rolling back down again because you've run on the wrong spot. Like that is that is the game for the most part. <laughs> but it's quite funny as well. I, I do like um, the humour also that's... Uh, present in death stranding despite you know the relatively heavy uh, themes uh, contained yeah. um yeah so 
Death Stranding, great game. Also went back and played a little bit of Last of Us Part 2. Um, I should really just stick at one game. I, I... should just play Death, um, Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> I, I, I can't... As much as I love Death Stranding, as much as I'm thinking about going back and playing Death Stranding, I think you well, will get more knowing you as a person and how yeah. you reflect on media, especially storytelling. I yeah. really think... Well, no, yeah, I mean, storytelling standpoint, it's... In- Incredible. I think um, Death Stranding is more interesting from a gameplay perspective. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> what, last... you, you mean Die Hardman doesn't do it for you from a storytelling perspective? <laughs> it's very um, heavy storytelling where you're trying to find, um, through all the dialogue, you know, the, the really important stuff. Yeah, so the weird thing is, right, like, did I tell you I wrote, I read that Hideo Kojima's The Creative Gene? Do we do we have that discussion on this podcast? Uh, maybe. I can't recall. Uh, just in case right. we haven't, I'll give a fly into it. And essentially, Hideo Kojima wrote a book, in inverted commas, that was published by Viz, the same way they did the Ask a Water stuff. And what it essentially is, is a collection of essays and articles that he wrote for paper or a magazine where he is just like, I really like this thing, which, you know, every now and again, reading a book by someone you admire and then going, I really like this book. I read a lot of Agatha Christie. Um, It's kind of cool because you're like, oh, actually, I I see why you tell stories the way you do now. Mm. This is interesting. Um. But for me, the meat and potatoes of that book were actually the intro and the outro. And the the intro is him talking about how he read um, Richard Dawkins' The Selfish Gene, how he got this whole idea about memes and cultural memes and him. It's kind of him talking through in this series of articles the point of all the memes and the strands and everything else that are in Death Stranding. And you can clearly see that he is making that game while he is writing these articles. And as a as a book on its surface, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, you need to read Hideo Kojima's Creative Gene. It's a masterpiece. Because it's just articles. And like, I have I've read too many books like this from other novelists or creators that I like. We're just like, I really like this thing. It allows you to make like a quick on Goodreads like want to read list of stuff I'll keep an eye out for, hmm. but beyond the person kind of explaining what it is and why they like it, it is it's pretty shallow. Hmm. But all throughout that book is kind of him talking about how we pass on things and how culture develops culture, and I I kind of this is why I want to go back and play Death Stranding is because I think I kind of understand Death Stranding more. Hmm by hearing him talk about other things. And I'm curious to see if I will enjoy Death Stranding's story a second time, having had this experience of reading this book. Hmm. I could just be clinging on to something, because I'm just a bit of a Kojima fanboy, but it's, it, was, it was interesting. It wasn't the book I hoped it was, though. I thought it was going to be him talking about his creative yeah. process in a making of Metal Gear Solid 2 style, hmm. but it wasn't, which is a shame. I've... Going back to what you said about oh that I really must play Last of Us Two, and I agree, I really must. But I I rarely feel like in the right frame of mind to play a game like that. I rarely feel like I want to settle down into that like I would a TV show or a film. Yeah. Um. Most often, I, when I play a video game, I want something instantly. Mm, it's something simple, instantly playable. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of Forza Horizon again just lately. Uh, I dip into dirt. Four or Dirt Five, you know, driving games mostly. 
Yeah. And uh, they're the games I seem to end up playing the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more time I spend playing those games, the less time I'm I'm spending playing any anything story driven, which um, you know I need to make more time for that. I think I haven't played Cyberpunk properly in a little while. I had about an hour of it the other weekend. Yeah. Um, and I still very much enjoy that game. And that was the first game in a while that surprised me how much I was picking up and playing it, despite it being a story game. Yeah. I think the fact is you can sort of jump in and out of that game quite easily. Yeah. And you... I, Actually, my friend Gareth had said that he found it quite easy to jump in and out of Death Stranding. But um, I don't know, I sort of feel like I settle into that a little. And if I play it, I'll play it for a long while. Yeah, I was I was the same with Death Stranding. I think, admittedly, the way I consumed games when Death Stranding came out to now is very different. I'm very much like you these days. I tend to dip in and out of things. Unless mm. it really grabs me like Last of Us 2 did, mm. I won't sit down and play video games for a long period of time anymore. But I... I do think there is something intrinsic in Death Stranding and understanding all the environmental things, all of how you need to balance your gear out across your person and all of these other things so it doesn't get damaged when you're running down a steep hill. I think there's so much system stuff in Death Stranding. Mm. I could imagine that unless you're just coming online and then there's a road built to you because you've waited a week, maybe there's something in that. Maybe there's something to entice you to make the game easier if you haven't played it. Mm. I don't know a la Metal Gear Solid 3 where the end just dies if you don't kill him for a month it could be that uh, that's a thing but for me I mm. I think it would be a pretty alien experience going back to Death Stranding because even though the basic controls are similar to so many other third person open world games it's the item management and such, it's the item it? management it's how you deal with BTs it's all of that stuff I think would I think I would forget it in the same way that like I haven't played Elden Ring for a month now I'm mm. just going to start that game again at some point because I know it's going to be impenetrable to me again mm. when I go back. Certain things came back to me this time, like using the strand to attack the, um, whatever they're called. Oh, the the enemies. <laughs> the mules. The oh, mules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you can kill a BT with a strand, can you? No, you can't. It's, no. <laughs> I, it's been a long time. It's been two yeah, years. Yeah. Yeah. We had a whole pandemic since then. I lent it to someone like a week before the pandemic started and I didn't get it back for two years. Mm. Are you playing... Uh, maybe you should, if you play again, try upgrading to the PS5 version and see if you yeah, get a, a I would smoother like to. experience. If I don't know. I never... Well, I had played it on PS4 and it was absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, I can't recall exactly what's improved with the PS5, but it looks there's good and directors... plays very smooth. Um, yeah, there's some director's cut content, I think, as well. Like, I think, yeah, there's some extra it. content that comes with it that you access separately. Uh, yeah. But maybe the... I, I think certain things, like races and things, I think there's yeah. races. Of, but I, I think they open up, obviously, later on into the game much further than I'm See, the it. thing is, right, Like because it's such a time sink, half of me is like, well, if I'm going to replay a game and upgrade it to the PS5 one, maybe I should do Ghost of Tsushima, because I really love that game. Oh, yeah, well... I, I upgraded Uncharted 4, even though I've never played it. Because <laughs> I was installing stuff onto my uh, PS5. Yeah. And I was installing that, and it said, oh, that £10 upgrade if you want the PS5 version. I was like, uh, well, I've got a PS5. £10 yeah. not too much. And you also, it seems like you get Lost Legacy as well. Yes. Because you when you upgrade, you upgrade to that package of the two of them together. Yeah. Even though if you haven't installed Lost Legacy. I actually own Lost Legacy as well, but I've never installed yeah. it. But it let me have both for a £10 it? 
PS5 versions. It's it's really interesting, isn't it, with the PS5? Because mm. I was looking at the store earlier because they've got the big summer sale thing on at the moment. Like, it's for Golden Week, isn't it? It's a Japanese holiday, therefore they always have mm. stuff for sale around April. There were very few PS5 games in that sale. And then I was looking at the recent thing, and just... I don't know, I guess it's COVID knock-on. But it just seems like there aren't that many games actively in development for the PS5 or being developed and released for the PS5 in the mm, way I think, that yeah. I would experience it. Feels, it certainly feels like that. Um, I can't think of anything that I'm particularly interested in that's coming out for PS5 currently. Um, I could be totally overlooking something. Specifically for PS5... I can't think. I mean, there will be a God of War game this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to um, Soul Calibur 7 and Tekken 8 and Street yeah. Fighter 6 and, you know, all those. And I, I mean, I bought King of Fighters, um, whatever it is now, 15 uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'll definitely get all those new fighting games when they come out. I'm still I mean, playing Gran Turismo Sport, so I'm not in rush to spend what sixty odd quid buying Gran Turismo. That's the thing, right? Seven. Like, we say that, but like Ghostwire Tokyo just came out. Horizon oh yeah, that did Forbidden come out. West just that came, came out. out. Gran Turismo Seven came out. I think it's because I'm still playing all the old ones. That, yeah. You know, I'm not feeling like I need to rush out and get another story. I mean, I think Gran Turismo's gameplay will be very similar um, yeah. to Sport, but yeah. I mean, I'm playing be... all sorts of other racing games right now, anyway. Do you know the messed up thing, right? I completely forgot that I own um, Lost Judgment. <laughs> I... Oh, yeah. Someone told me it was on sale, and I was like, oh, I should grab Oh, because there's an add-on for it now. There is, yeah. yeah. Um, I need to play Lost Judgment. Like, that's my thing at the moment. Like, I was looking earlier, because the Cyberpunk trial is gone now, but I can transfer the save. I was like, should I install Cyberpunk? Should I? And I was like, oh, well, I want to play Lost Judgment, actually. Even going through... Um, the the stuff that was on sale, I never re I never finished the Fist of the North Star game. No, yeah. Uh, Lost Paradise. I was just like, that's lost something as well. What what is it with Yogakoku <laughs> Studio and lost things? Um, other than them losing studio executives, ha ha. No, I I'm very sad about that. I'm gonna play Lost Judgment. I think will be mm. something I'll probably talk about next week. But yeah, it's just, that's I another game that I have, but I haven't played. Yeah, dear Games. me! Oh, too many games. Although you know, because there's so many games, I bought the uh, internal um, hard drive SSD for PS Five. Oh, really? So I got I got a one gig one, which was enough. It was an offer on Amazon. Apparently, it was half price. Yeah. Um, one hundred and thirty pound down from two hundred and sixty. I can't believe that one terabyte. Sorry, not gigabyte. One yeah. terabyte cost a, that much money. Solid state drives are really expensive, man. I'm I know, price, I know. I'm pricing but... up a Mac at the moment, and like an external price SSD that's yeah. one terabyte should cost around 130. I don't know how this thing was upwards of 200. It's like th- uh, mate, it's like 300 quid to get a two terabyte solid state mm. drive. Like the mm. Macs now come with a standard like 256 gig. I'm like, oh, why have we gone backwards? <laughs> yeah, it's bad. But I thought, well, the price was right. I'll get one. Here's my word of warning. Um, actually, quite a simple thing to install one. They've yeah. made it relatively user-friendly. However, you need the right screwdriver. Um, initially, getting into it's 
absolutely fine. It's when you come to placing the uh, drive within the compartment, you'll need to move, unscrew something, which is a spacer, because all these drives are different sizes. You'll need to place the spacer on the right spot for the size of your drive. The actual screw to release the spacer so you can move it is one of them sort of like, like, um, like a star. Mm-hmm. Do you know this sort of screw? Um, yes, I do. Has it like one. a star? Yeah, it's on. I mean, they used are... on. I mean, is it the one that comes out or the one you need to put the star in? In, yeah. So, in. So, so, yeah, so, that's, so, that's like in Scandinavia at least. That is the standard screwdriver because, like, anything I try to buy bolts from a hardware store here. I, I can't get Phillips. I need to buy these yeah. star screws. So I've got loads of these yeah. star screwdrivers so now. I'll just draw you a picture. I mean, yeah. So it's sort of like like a star. Like, yeah, exactly. Can yeah, you like see that? that? Like a six sided, uh, like a six point star. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I know the one you're talking about. That's yeah. Like... And I don't have one of them. Yeah, I didn't. Like I came I was here. Watching... <laughs> it was the I was watching thing. a video on yeah. YouTube, and he just did it like that, and then unscrew this, unscrew that, and then I was like. I can't bloody unscrew that. Thank God. I don't do it that easily. So I've had to. I ordered a set with several different of those um, star ones just so I can make sure I got exactly the right one. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. So that's my word of warning uh, if you're in the UK and perhaps these screwdrivers aren't something you have lying around, then uh, <laughs> you might want to consider getting one before. Yeah. You, um, and and if you if it's unclear what I mean by that, just send me a message. Uh, I'm happy to help out. Uh, I'll be more I'll be more helpful after I've received a screwdriver. I can tell you exactly which one that I'll be using to move this spacer, um, so I can fit my uh, internal drive, and then I can install all those games that I haven't installed. That's been my big project lately. You know, yeah. since getting the Xbox um, One X, uh, installing everything onto there, and then installing stuff onto my PS5, they're making room on PS4. I'm in a situation now where I've practically got everything installed so I can play nearly everything I own. But the problem is that's too much. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm in a situation where I can play anything I want, whenever I feel like it. And what that's doing is making me just jump in and out of stuff all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Rather than settling on one thing. So having too much available (laughs) to you is, you know, works against you when you're trying to play through games it's the netflix conundrum isn't it it's just like well yeah. what do you watch when you have a limited choice i actually i wasted like half an hour before this podcast i played some more space invaders um and i went to look at what else i could play i was like okay i'll grab something there was a game on the switch that someone had recommended to me because i was talking about sigma star saga and i looked mm. at it and I was like okay i can see why you would connect these two but i don't think they're really that compatible call ultimus or ultonus or something mm. like that I and i was gonna buy it because it was only like six quid apparently it's only like two hours long mm. um and i couldn't because of the way the Switch shop is very temperamental now with all of these EU second mm. authentication things. So I couldn't do that. And so I went, oh, well, I'll have a look on the PS5. I'll see what's in the sale. And I literally just ended up scrolling down the sale going, should I buy this? Should I buy that? Should I buy this? Should I buy that? And then I didn't because there was so much choice and the store just feels like it's really poorly curated. <laughs> That I was like, actually, you know what, Sony, I'm good. I don't need to spend any money because now I haven't got time to play the bloody game anyway. 
Yeah, because you still got to play Last Judgment and Cyberpunk. Yeah, exactly. And whatever and else. Elden Ring yeah. and, and Elden the Ring. other PS5 games that I've got that I haven't touched. So, yeah, I will. I will get wow. into Tom Parry. Okay, well, I think probably leave it there because we're at our, our standard one hour 15 mark. Exactly. Now, after our slightly shorter podcast the other the other week. Yeah, I, this is how it goes. Anyways, if you have enjoyed this podcast, a conversation between two friends where we invite you, the audience, to partake in our rootings, uh, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Tack. We're on Twitter at TMACast, at Tom Perry 11 for him, at Game Boy for me. And you can listen and find the podcast in a variety of places as well on blastprocess.com, on tomamattack.com forward slash podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. I said last time that I would get us on Amazon Music. I will do that. I have also seen that there are requests by various other podcasting publishing platforms in my inbox, so I will try and get us as... Wow, we're in demand. Casted. I mean, yeah, you know, not... Not to not because of our content as yet, but you know we are, we're in demand enough to people to to want us to be on their service, which is nice to you. So hey, you know we're we're not um, sponsored by anyone, but uh, let's just say if you like uh, retro video games, uh, check out Retro Hunter Leon C. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Why not go I to Neon Nights Cafe? Because uh, he was uh, Ali was so um, welcoming and so friendly. Uh, a little plug for his uh, shop and arcade. Uh, I mean, it's not the first time we've done it. But... No, it isn't. 100%. But, um, yeah, please do uh, drop him a visit. And you won't be disappointed. He's got a great range of games. As I said, take a day trip. Leon C seemed mm. like a nice place. Yeah, yeah. We, we went out for lunch at a very nice uh, Italian place. Um, I forgot what it's called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure if you Google Leon C. Italian, it'll come up. If not, begins with Tom. E. Begins with yep. E. Irma's or something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the pasta. Oh, mm-hmm. lovely. Good. Glad you enjoyed. <laughs> so you can really make a, a day out of it. Uh, so there cool. we go. Okay. Right. Oh, Tom Parry, as always, a pleasure chatting with you, mate. And thank you, oh, everybody out pleasure. there, for listening oh. to us. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. We do indeed. Okay. Doc. We will be back same bat time next week. I promise. Scouts on. Uh, I won't delay it. Uh, oh no! Well, I won't be on this week. <laughs> Aha! Okay, so we're taking another week off. Well, I'm just as glad this is a bumper podcast, and we're actually letting people know that there won't be one next week while we're doing it. Okay, we won't be back next week, um, but we'll be oh, back. For what? Now I'm cancelling. Now after my little little bit right. earlier. Yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. Mm. Don't worry about it. Things mm. happen, Tom. Life happens. Absolutely. But it gives me time to play a bit more Lost Judgment and be like, yeah, it's really good. You should buy it. Yakuza. Yakuza Shenmue. Shenmue. Anyways. Shenmue anime. Watch it. Bye. I still, I still haven't. <laughs> Until next week, everybody. Game on. Bye. Game on. <laughs>